Hello and welcome to BS with Bethany Simcoe. This is your host, Bethany Simcoe. I'm on my way home from Dallas right now. I was at the Beyonce concert. It was so much fun. I got invited up there by the brands Bondi Boost and Babe Original. Actually, fun fact, Bondi Boost was one of the very i ever did so i've had like a very long relationship with them so this is like a very full circle moment super cool because it's like the first brand event that i've been invited to that i had to travel for even if it was like a three hour drive but still kind of cool that this was the very first one and it was with them again such a full circle moment it was so fun i am in my car though so i'm not sure how the quality of this episode is gonna be i'm just recording it on my phone as i drive home but i just want to talk a little bit about anxiety because i have such bad social anxiety i get so nervous so uncomfortable so panicky so social anxiety is obviously something i struggled with for ever like as long as i can remember i've always been overthinking in social situations i've always felt like a little bit awkward like so so aware of my body and it's something that i i thought that i kind of would get over as i got older but it's not that i'm getting over it it's that i'm learning new tools so i'm gonna talk about some of those tools today but first a little bit more about kind of what's been going on lately because it's gonna be a crazy week so i'm just getting home from dallas and then when i get home i have ambassador botox appointment so i clench my teeth really badly when i sleep and i'm supposed to have a night guard but i just have never i don't know i don't want one what i'm trying instead is getting botox in my masseter so that i don't clench as much like it'll relax it so i'm getting that this afternoon and then i have to pack and then be up at like 4 a.m tomorrow for a flight to utah i'm heading home for my little sister she is going on lds mission so her farewell is on Sunday. I'm going to go up and see some family. This will probably be the last time that I'm going to be in Utah for the next few months because as of now, I have less than 60 days left in Austin. That is absolutely insane. I submitted my 60-day notice at my apartment complex to terminate my lease and I will be moving in 60 days well less than which oh my gosh I don't know I'm overwhelmed I'm excited but I'm also like not ready to leave Austin. I'm sure it will be in the next 60 days, but right now it's so sad to leave. Like I love my people there. I love my apartment. I love the life that I'm building. And Kate and Bailey just moved here. So I'm like, I can't move. They just got here. I don't know. It's so sad to me to be moving. It's really scary and overwhelming. I know this is what I want to do. I'm so excited. There's gonna be so many more opportunities that are coming. And it's going to be such a beautiful thing. So I am moving to Hawaii. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do there. And this is where the fun starts. I get to figure it all out and figure out what to do with my life from there. I have no clue, but I'm excited. So once I go home from Utah, I'll be home for a day or two. And my parents are going to be in Dallas for my brother's white coat ceremony. He is in medical school up in Dallas. And so I'm going to be driving back up to Dallas to say hi to them. But anyways, it's just going to be absolutely insane but so much fun also if you're listening to this buckle up prepare yourselves strap on in whatever you need to do because i'm getting rid of so much stuff i'm literally going to my closet and purging like everything so i'm gonna be putting all that on poshmark i'm gonna be doing like a huge series with that once i get home from dallas for the last time whatever that is i literally have never been up to dallas until yesterday and now i'm just gonna live there for the next two weeks i swear so I don't know. Utah has been heavy on my mind. I've really been, I don't know, stressed, anxious. It's hard to go up there and not think about Utah boy. Obviously, he's on my mind. 
I haven't spoken to him since the trip. That'll be interesting to be up there. I know that I can trust myself not to text him, but it's still very painful to be in his city and not say anything. I know it's for the best. I know I deserve more. I know that that door leads the exact same outcome time after time, but it doesn't stop it from being very painful. I know all it would take is just a text and he would be there to pick me up, but I have to be able to do this for myself. I have to be able to trust myself and I have to be able to trust the universe that better things are coming. So let's talk about anxiety. I think this will mainly be about social anxiety, a little bit about general anxiety, because I do definitely struggle with both. But especially coming home from this event, it's just very prevalent on my mind. Like I said, I always get a little bit nervous coming to these things just because you never know what the dynamic is. And most people are very nice. There are a handful of times where you'll come to an influencer event and people are just very hesitant of each other. They're very wary. They're not very quick to open up. Like it can be very clicky. Most of the time I do get really lucky and find like one or two people that I adore and then I get along really well with and I'll make a really good friend or two there. That's kind of like my system is I'll just like make a friend or two and just kind of cling to them for the night. But with that in mind, I think this time there definitely was some weird energy. I try not to focus on that, though. Again, I just found some people that I really vibed with and stuck with them. And at some point, you learn not to push the situation. Like, there's definitely people there that I wanted to get to know, wanted to be friends with. But the energy was not something that I was willing to deal with. I just wanted to be around people that were open and genuine. So that's just kind of the space that I focused on. But it really was so fun. I felt so spoiled. I felt so lucky to be there. I felt so glamorous. And watching the Beyonce concert, I literally fell in love with that woman. I already knew that I loved her, but she was so genuine. And you could just like see that radiating from someone. It's such a beautiful healing energy. But anyways, getting into it, I have struggled with anxiety again since I can remember. And I remember being in therapy when I was 15 and I was just talking about how it was just barely going into high school. I was super nervous and I would do this thing where I would analyze everything around me, everything everyone was doing, how they were standing, what way their feet were facing, if one leg was bent, if both legs were straight, how they were holding their hands, how they were holding their phones, how they were holding their heads, the intonation in which they were talking, like so many things I would notice, what backpacks they were wearing, how they were wearing their jeans, like everything was just input, you know? And I was just studying everything. So the first day of school, it was so hard for me to talk to people because I was just analyzing everything. It was my first time ever going to public school. I had been going to like a charter school, which is kind of like a blend between public and private, but it was the same kind of deal as a private school. It still had uniforms, really small classes. I knew every single person in my junior high, and I had known the same people from kindergarten to ninth grade so for 10 years I'd been to the same tiny school and so coming to a public school is like there are so many people that was so scared it was my first time not wearing a uniform to school I was so intimidated but I feel like in social situations I'm very bubbly and I'm very happy and I think I'm that way just so I like don't have time to be nervous or because I don't know how else to act I don't know I think that especially in high school I was very over the top and when I get in situations where I'm nervous that's kind of how I'll be like very bubbly very talkative I'll apologize a lot that's how I get when I'm overwhelmed because I don't really have time to think about anything else. So I just kind of like put it out all on the table. So much energy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, like it just drains me and overwhelms me at the same time. So anyways, I'm in that moment. I'm analyzing everything. I'm trying to recreate what they're doing and I'm seeing all the dynamics going on. And I'm just 
I'm everywhere but in the moment. I don't know how to act and I don't know what to do. And so there's just so much going on. And I'm sure if you've ever had anxiety or social anxiety, you know this. It's just like a swirl of so many things. And by analyzing them, I start analyzing myself. How are my feet standing? Where am I facing? Am I straightening both legs? How are my jeans like going up my entire body? How am I holding my shoulders? Where is my head? How am I laughing? Like all of those things, it's overwhelming, right? Like there's so much input and I just feel like everything that I did felt wrong and everything felt off. So I was talking to my therapist about this and he's like, all those things are so in your head. Everything that you're analyzing, all this information you're processing, you are so in your head and not in the moment. So the trick that he gave me was this, look out the front door, like open the front door. So here's the analogy. When I'm in my head and when I'm thinking like that, I'm in the attic. So imagine you have this little house and you know when you draw a house, you draw the little attic as a circle above the door, right? So I'm looking through that circle and it's dusty up there. There's cobwebs. I'm like trying to climb through antique boxes. I'm sure the window is all smudged and dirty, right? Like there's not much that I can see out of that window. I'm seeing a really weird perspective. I'm seeing them from a not realistic perspective because it's from above everything and I'm trying to climb through things and I'm just not engaged in what is outside of that window. Now imagine I climb down the little ladder, I walk to the front door and I open the front door and I walk outside. Then I'm engaged with what's going on outside. When people say like drop down into your body and actually be there, that's kind of what I imagine. Like climb down that ladder, walk to the front door and open it and experience what you're experiencing. So this has been so game-changing for me because then things start to look a little bit clearer. They start to feel more real. I start to feel in the moment more and I'm not really analyzing them. I'm not analyzing myself. I'm not trying to match anything. I'm not trying to do anything specific. I'm just experiencing what I'm experiencing. So literally in moments where I'm overthinking or where I'm overwhelmed, I will just think in my head, open the front door and walk out. And it'll just kind of like ground me. I'll be able to breathe a little bit more and then I'll find myself in the attic maybe five minutes later. And being able to recognize that I'm in the quote unquote attic, I can open the front door, walk outside and experience what I'm experiencing. And it's something I have to practice all the time over and over again to just open the front door, walk outside. What is this person saying to me? And not having like a pre-prepared response, not trying to analyze the situation, but just listening and responding as a human being literally mentally go outside and touch the grass i don't know why it helps so much because it seems so simple but it really does i just am able to drop into my body and see what i'm seeing have things a little bit more clear and i love that i used that a lot as i was going through this because i was in that get ready with me suite and there were so many things going on it was very chaotic and there were so many new people i didn't know a soul in there i was very in my head and i was like at one point just like standing against the wall and i was like there's so much going on there's so many dynamics and i was like beth you are in this room walk out the front door just experience what you're experiencing it's okay to just stand here for a sec you don't always have to be talking to someone it's okay if you don't know anyone. It's okay to stand here. And that brings me to my next point, and it is create your own narrative. So in times where I really need to get through a situation, I start telling myself a story because I think a lot of anxiety comes from that story you're telling yourself. 
that you look awkward. The story that I was telling myself in that room when I was feeling uncomfortable is like, you look awkward. You don't belong here. You don't have enough of a following for this. You actually didn't even earn your following. It just kind of happened. You don't even know what you're doing in your content half the time. Like I, I'm telling myself all of these stories and I felt like in high school, I had a hard time making friends or I had a hard time feeling like I had genuine friends. So when I was standing there, I was just like, wow, it's just like high school. There's a reason nobody liked you. Like, da, da, da. All of these mean things or you look so awkward or you're clearly trying to force this conversation. So many mean things, right? All of these stories I'm telling myself from the perspective of I think that people are thinking those things of me. So if I'm trying to read their mind, why not put something nice in their mouth? Is I'm going to tell a story, why not tell a nice story? And I'll say, wow, these people really love me. I am so lucky to be here and I belong here. These people absolutely adore me and this is so much fun. Just tell myself like, wow, this is so awesome. I love it. I belong here. I'm so grateful to be sitting at this table. Isn't this wonderful? I have so many people around me. I have so many opportunities, so many opportunities for connection. These people are probably excited to get to know me. They're probably a little bit nervous too. And we're all just excited to get to know each other. And it kind of like takes the focus off of me a little bit also to do that. And I have to remind myself that they're not all just sitting there analyzing what I'm doing. They're all engaged in their conversations or figuring out what they're going to do or getting their makeup done. There are not as many eyes on me as I assume there are. And if they are, why not assume that they are good eyes? Why not assume that they're telling good stories? Or why not assume that I don't care? There's also that, you know, but that's easier said than done, I feel like. But even if that doesn't help long term with things, I think that it really helps unbunch my stomach in the moment it helps me kind of breathe it helps clear my mind a little bit like isn't this wonderful I just like think as many good thoughts about myself that someone could be thinking about me as I can I think it really helps stretch out my thoughts long enough for me to get through the social situation for a little bit and even if I'm in a situation where I know people don't like me I can just think those thoughts and it's very helpful it really is I actually use this make your own narrative trick a lot, whether that's online, whether I'm performing somewhere, because I used to perform a lot as a kid. So when I would get on stage, I'd be like, wow, this girl is so good. She knows what she's doing. She's clearly worked on this song a lot. Like those kind of thoughts, my anxiety puts words in people's mouth anyways. So then I just try to make that good words. I try to tell a good story or online. If I'm insecure about how I look that day or about how I'm talking or about so many things like it's so hard not to analyze every single thing that I do when watching my videos or editing my videos and so I try to tell myself a good story wow she looks so good today she is so confident when she talks I love the way she does her makeup I love this outfit and talking to myself or talking about myself I guess and even when I'm having a bad skin day, I could come from someone as someone who maybe is breaking out. Be like, wow, I love that she is showing those breakouts because she still looks good. And they are such a normal part of being a human being. Those kinds of things I think are helpful to create a kind narrative around myself while also supporting my idea that people have my best interests in mind. I think that's such an important part of like even manifestation and lucky girl syndrome, all those things really stem from having that assumption that people have your best interests in mind. And that just really helps calm my anxiety. Now, it's not foolproof. And it's still something I have to work at because my brain really wants to go into, wow, she really wants to show up on camera looking like that. Her voice is so annoying. I don't like da 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 da. And I could just go on and my brain will go on if I don't correct it and put a different narrative in place. Now, going off of that, 
is the phrase, what would Satan say? I don't know if you believe in God and the devil, but I know that I do. And even if Satan's not something that you believe in, you could say like, what would someone who hates me say? Because when you're telling these stories, sometimes you could take a look at them and say, oh, someone who hates me, what would they say? Or Satan, someone who wants the absolute worst for me, someone who wants to be miserable, what would they say? And a lot of times it sounds exactly like that internal narrative. I think I may have mentioned this on a podcast episode earlier, but I was talking to my mom about the Reddit page that was talking about my experience with me and Utah Boy. And some of the things they were saying were just so mean. And they were speaking the words that had already been in my brain, tearing me down in a way that I had already been doing to myself and confirming some of my biggest fears about the relationship. Now, clearly they don't know what's going on in the situation, but it was really tough to hear my biggest fears spoken out loud online by people who didn't know me, but like putting that out there and being like, wow, he never even loved her or she is so desperate. She is da 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 da. Hearing those things from somebody else's mouth on a public platform, it's so hard to not let that get under my skin. So I was talking to my mom about it and she goes, what would the devil say? How would Satan speak about you and your relationship and your personality? He would tell you that you are annoying. He would tell you that you are embarrassing yourself. He would tell you that you are not capable of love. He would tell you that you're delusional, that he never loved you anyways. And like all of these things that people had said or were saying, or even about my appearance, I probably get a comment about my nose or about my appearance in like a negative way once a day, especially if a video goes viral get a comment about my nose or about, I don't know if you guys know the phrase, it's like butterface. It's like, wow, she's so pretty, but her face, right? Like butterface, like objectifying someone like that is so disgusting to me. Like, oh yeah, they like my body, but they hate my face. Like they literally look at me like a sex object. That is so sad and so gross. And so looking at those things, obviously like social media 101 to look at your comments. But when you do see those over and over again, it's so hard to not let that get under your skin. But having that phrase in my mind, what would the devil say? What would somebody who wants me to be miserable say to me? They would say those things. They would say that, wow, your kids are going to be ugly because they're going to have the biggest nose of all time. That's not a very nice thing to say, but I deleted that comment from my page the other day. Again, I also delete comments very frequently. I will admit to that because it is not okay to speak to me in that way. And I also think that having that energy out loud on a page kind of allows for that energy to continue. So I don't want this to be a space where anybody with my same facial features or body features has to come on and see someone commenting on that. Because if I were to see someone online who looks like me and I'd be like, wow, they're so beautiful. But then I look at the comments and I see that the comments are tearing apart their appearance. I would be so sad. And I don't want anybody to have to see that because the people who think that I am ugly are A, few and far between, and B, don't matter because I know how I take care of myself. I know that I love myself. I know who I am. Even if 90% of the population did not like the way that I looked, there would be 10% that A, does, and there'd be so many girls out there who look like me in some aspect that would like to see that because I know I see that all the time. I'll see people who look like me in some aspect or some aspect that I'm uncomfortable with or that I haven't accepted yet. And they are just living their lives with it and they look so radiant with it. And I'm like, damn, that is so cool. I know that traditionally I do have a big nose. I understand that, but I do not think that that means that I am ugly. I do not think that that means that is a bad thing. It has taken years for me to come to terms with that. Because I'm okay admitting that I have a bigger than average nose. I know that it's not mutually exclusive. It is literally just a facial feature. 
And again, I'm okay admitting that it's big because I don't think that means ugly. So being able to identify something that someone is saying to you as, wow, that is a mean thing to say. That is something that someone who want me to be miserable would say to me and being able to reject that and say, oh, you're actually just trying to make me miserable. And that is sad. And that's not something I have to listen to. That is coming straight from the devil. That's coming from Satan. And that's not something I'm going to listen to because you know that it's going to be exaggerated to hurt. You know it's designed to hurt. And honestly, to me, that makes it easier to ignore because I'm like, oh, you're trying to hurt me? Fuck you. Then I'm not going to listen. Like, you're obviously trying to get a rise out of me. And that makes it so much easier for me to be like, you want a rise? Watch me be calm. And those aren't real thoughts. Those thoughts are designed by anxiety, which again, I don't want to listen to. Thoughts from Satan or thoughts from bad energy are anxious thoughts. And thoughts from God or thoughts from good energy are helpful thoughts. Not even just calm thoughts, but helpful thoughts. Like how is telling someone that they have a big nose helpful? How is telling someone that they're desperate helpful? It's not. But you know what is? Telling someone that they look good today. That's helpful. That is building somebody up. Or telling someone something or like constructive criticism, emphasis on the constructive, helpful, moving forward, full of kindness. I think those things are so much more important. And I think they're so much more effective, right? Thoughts from good energy bring clarity. So when I'm having anxiety about something that someone said to me and I'm questioning the truth of it, I ask myself, is this bringing clarity and is this helpful? And if the answer is no, then it's not something I listen to. Speaking of clarity, something that brings me social anxiety in situations is body image and food. Now, I'm so incredibly proud of myself because I have been doing so much better about this. I feel like my body image has significantly improved this summer. I really, really worked on it. I really worked on trying to eat more, trying to be in tune with my body when it comes to exercise, not pushing myself too hard, actually giving myself energy. And at this event, I was so proud of myself because I was wearing basically nothing. I was wearing a sheer mesh dress with a bra and literally a thong. Like saying that out loud, I'm like, oh wow, I was wearing like barely anything and I know that and I know I looked good because I felt good on the inside. Like I felt happy, I felt excited and I wasn't thinking about my body. I wasn't thinking about sucking in. I wasn't thinking about how I was looking. I was thinking, first of all, about the velvet taco that they had there and I literally downed so many tacos and any time that I would have been in a situation or an outfit like this previously, I would have been so insecure because literally my entire body was on display, but I was so comfortable in it. I was having a good time. I was engaged with people and I wasn't thinking about my body. And it wasn't until we were on the bus ride over to the concert that I had a thought and I was like, oh my gosh. I just took a billion pictures. I just socialized with so many people. I took a million videos and I was not thinking of my body. I ate so much food. I was having yummy drinks and I wasn't thinking about how much food I was eating. I wasn't thinking about where this food would go on my body or how I was going to look at pictures. I was just enjoying myself and I started to tear up a little bit because that is absolutely huge for me to not think about how my body looks when I'm in a situation where all we're doing is making content and so much of my body is being seen right now. I was so 
proud of myself. It was amazing. It was such a good feeling. Obviously, I'm not perfect. And I mean, there were times throughout the night where I looked at a picture and I was like, oh, shoot, like I'm not in love with the way that that looks. But it wasn't like that thought where before if I had seen something like that, it would have been like a kick to the stomach. And I would have been like, wow, I cannot believe I look like that. I can't have any more food today. I really shouldn't eat in that last thing. I really need to get my life together. Like it would have been a whole avalanche of thoughts. But this time around, it's just like, oh, didn't love that angle anyways and then move on and I didn't really think about it and then I continued to snack and eat what I felt like I wanted to and eat enough for my body and honor my hunger it was just a really cool feeling and it was really exciting to see that growth and honestly I just felt so confident in that dress I just felt so womanly and ethereal in the best way I was like yes show the curves show the tummy show whatever it is because that is the beauty of being a woman, like all of that woman, you know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know, I, maybe it's the energy of Beyonce. I just felt like I loved every single ounce of me in every way that it manifested. Now, the point of this was the phrase, my 40-year-old self would want me to enjoy this. So that is kind of what kept me going. And that has been so helpful when I'm in social situations, especially when I know I'm going to be dressing up. And I'm going to have photos taken of me. And then there are going to be lots of eyes on me. Or even I'm just with people over the course of a few days. Like I know I've been in round top a lot with friends recently. Or I've been on trips with people recently. And especially when you're on trips and you're not eating normally. You're not exercising normally. You're going to be in more cutie little outfits. I have the thought of my 40-year-old self would want me to enjoy this. Because if I'm going into the situation thinking about how much food I'm eating. How I look. If I should stop snacking, how much is going to affect my progress when I get home? I'm not really enjoying the situation. I am so preoccupied with food that I'm not experiencing what I need to experience or what I want to experience or I'm not making memories. I just am feeling awkward and I'm feeling uncomfortable. So I have the thought of my 40-year-old self would want me to enjoy this or even like 80-year-old self. Imagine you are 80 years old. And you have the opportunity to go find yourself wherever you are at 20 and go stand next to yourself at a party or at a situation. What would you want to tell your 20-year-old self? What would you say? And I feel like for me, I would say, enjoy the people you're with. This part of your life is so short. You're not going to be with these people for very long. Or maybe these people are going to be with you for the rest of your life. Enjoy these connections. You're not going to have this experience every single day. Just enjoy where you are right now. Have so much fun with this. These moments that you're living, actually live them. I feel like I would have such a kinship with myself. I'd feel so excited for myself. And I'd be like, no, girl eat another one. Are you kidding me? No, girl, have whatever. Try out a new outfit or do whatever it is. Like, And then I think of myself with my little sister and how I would encourage them. And maybe at 80, I'm like, girl, I can't do all these things anymore. If I do this, my blood pressure will skyrocket. So do it while you can. And that helps with so many things because A, I'm not thinking about what I'm eating. B, I'm not thinking about how I come off because when I'm 80, will I care? No, because in the future, Whoever was meant to stick around with me, what of? And whoever wasn't is gone. And maybe they'll have the memory of like this awkward girl and the rest of their minds forever. People are like, no, they don't remember it. I don't care if they do. Maybe they do remember it. Maybe they don't. But I will be moving on with my life with the people who matter. And I think it's also hard for me because I'm like, oh, what if I'm missing out on opportunities? What if I'm missing out on connections? And I think, again, that my 80-year-old self would look back and say, everything worked out exactly how it should have. You're going to be just fine. And my 40, 50, 60-year-old self wouldn't care in the moment if I did something awkward. They'd probably like laugh at it, you know, and they would look back on this memory fondly. 
they'd be like, yeah, that was such a good time. Or, oh my gosh, that was so awkward. What a funny story. And I know as I'm saying this, I don't know if they seem helpful. I don't know if they seem too simple because I know I hate it when people are trying to give me advice or like anxiety and stuff. I'm like, that is so simple. You don't get it. You don't understand how debilitating it is. You don't understand how awkward I feel. You don't understand how frozen I feel in the moment or how much my heart is racing. And I understand that. I get that that's hard. And I understand that maybe this seems oversimplified. But these are just things that have helped me personally. And in the moment when I remember them or reflect back on these things or think about them before going into a situation, it's very helpful. So whatever you can take from this, please take and move on. And also know that your anxiety is so valid. Whatever level you experience anxiety on, just know that that is normal and that is valid. And I understand that that's hard and my heart goes out to you. And I also know that you are empowered to find things that work for you in the moment to kind of relieve that. I'm not saying by any means that any of this solves it. I just think that it's good ways to cope with it. Anyways, a few last things. Another phrase that I love is, it doesn't matter. I'm the birthday girl. If you are doing something awkward or if you feel like you're being too loud, it doesn't matter. You're the birthday girl. Even if you're not, imagine you are. Because I'm thinking about when I went out on my birthday and I did some things that are probably so embarrassing and I woke up with a hangover and I should have woken up with anxiety too. You know, that good old anxiety, but I didn't. I was like, you know what? That was so much fun. I acted like a fool, but it doesn't matter because it was my birthday. I was the birthday girl. I could do whatever I want. And even in the moment when I feel like I'm not important in a situation or I feel like I'm overlooked in a group, it doesn't matter. I'm the birthday girl. This is whatever I want to make it. My life is whatever I want to make it. This is my day. This is my moment. And it's so funny and it's so cheesy, but it doesn't matter. You're the birthday girl. If it's cheesy, that's okay because you decide what this day is. Not in like an entitled way, but just in like an empowering way. And basically just do it for the plot. Now, these next two don't have to do with social anxiety. They're a little bit more about A, performance anxiety, and then B, general anxiety, especially at nighttime. So when I am performing or when I'm singing or when I'm playing the piano, I really, really get stuck in this perfection loop, especially if I'm like playing and singing and try to like perfect a piece. I really, really get in my head about it. And I'm playing it too fast or I'm playing it too stiff or I can't loosen up enough. Here's what I tell myself feel the music. And actually, this pertains to things other than music. This pertains to things like speaking or focusing or just being in the moment. It's feel the music. So I like to focus on how the music feels on the rim of my ear. So when I'm playing the piano or when I'm singing, I like to focus on the literal sensation of the music on the rim of my ear. How does it feel when I'm listening to this? How does it feel when I'm doing this? And I think that kind of goes along with like walk out the front door. Or when I'm talking to someone and I'm stumbling over my words, I'll focus on how the words feel on the rim of my ear because then it takes the focus off of like my brain. Like I'm not like going over it in my brain. I'm just experiencing it with the rest of the world. Like I'll focus and I'm like, how does the sound feel? I don't know if that makes any sense, but just try it because it's been the coolest experience to just see. And there's so many other things that you can apply this to, but I can't think of any more analogies right now. But I think that that's one I definitely want to dive into more because it's been very helpful to just really be in the moment. But the very last thing is about like nighttime anxiety because I get so anxious at night. Living alone is actually really hard for me, especially when I'm particularly tired. So I was convinced that there was an evil presence in my old apartment and I could not sleep because I felt like it was there. And during the day, even sometimes I would literally feel like it was there and whether or not it was, I don't know. Because being raised in the religion that I was raised in, we were 
taught to believe in those things. And so that made it so much more real and so much more terrifying. And I was like, oh my gosh, like there's this thing that's trying to hurt me and I have no control over it. When I moved to my new apartment, again, I felt like it was there. Like I felt like something was there. And at night I would just like freak myself out. I would just get absolutely paralyzed and paranoid even in high school, like it was so bad that there was a time where I had to sleep in my sister's bed. Like I would get so scared that I could not sleep alone. I've always had like really bad anxiety at night. I know for some people this manifests in being scared that someone's going to break in. So like they'll like lock doors and things. Honestly, for me, I feel really safe in that regard. For some reason, I probably shouldn't feel as safe as I do, but I really don't care. But I really do think about like spirits. And there was a night where a suitcase fell down in my closet and I literally was convinced that like something had pushed it. And I would have dreams where I would feel like I was awake and I would be like dragged around my apartment. Like scary things like that that would just heighten my anxiety even worse and then I wouldn't want to go to sleep the next night and then I'd wake up at like 3 a.m. like convinced that something was you know like all these nighttime scaries and going to bed is sometimes still really scary but the thing that has helped so much is one time I was listening to I think it was a podcast where they were talking about being in fight or flight mode right because I grew up in a really chaotic environment and I definitely grew up in fight or flight mode and I'm still learning to get out of that so my body a lot of times is definitely in fight or flight especially when I'm tired especially when I've had a long day especially when my blood sugar is low when I'm mentally not there when I'm you know hungry or when I'm sad that is when it gets so much worse but then having the understanding that my body is in fight or flight and it doesn't, well, I guess fight, flight or freeze but having the understanding that my body is in a stress response and it's trying to find a threat. That has been so helpful. Understanding why my body is freaking out, understand why my mind is making up stories has been incredibly helpful. So at night when I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm like, there is something in the corner. I know it. There is something in my apartment. I mean, I don't know what it is and I can't stop it. Then I tell myself, Bethany, you are in a stress response right now. You are clearly scared and your body doesn't know why. Your mind does not know why. So it's making up a threat and that is a threat it makes up. And that for some reason helps so much. Like it sounds like it shouldn't help, but it really does as I'm going to sleep. And then I'll have another surge of fear, another surge of panic. And again, I will tell myself, if there is something to be scared of, I guess you'll find out somehow. But right now, your body is in a stress response and it's making up a threat. It is trying to find any threat to sound sirens about. Things shift around when you live in an apartment building. Things shift around when you live in a house, right? There are clicks when the AC turns on. There are sometimes objects will shift. Sometimes objects will fall from things in the closet, which still terrifies me to this day. But it really is just how things work. Like there are just lots of sounds. There will be so many nights where every single click of the AC, every single noise is a threat. Everything is like a knife to my nerves and it's so scary and I can't sleep. And then I tell myself over and over and over again, you are trying to find a threat. Your body is just trying to find a threat and that threat is not real. It does not exist. That threat is not real. And just over and over again, I kind of tell myself that and it really, really does help to relax me and it kind of helps with that paranoia and that fear. So having that understanding with myself that, hey, you are in a stress response and that is okay, you're gonna be a little bit scared. So when the fear actually does come, I'm not pushing away. I'm not scared of the fear. It's just, hey, I expected you. I knew you were coming around and we're gonna be okay. I know that going to bed tonight, my body's gonna look for a threat. 
I know that I'm going to be scared. So when that fear does come, it's a, hey, I've been expecting you. What's up? I will work on this. I will work through this. I am capable of this. And it's not so much that I'm trying to push against it or that I'm mad at myself or concerned that I'm feeling that way. So those are all the tips and tricks that I wrote down. I'm sure there's a million more that I could think of because I am such a fan of making up little stories in my head of like, oh, like this worked or this didn't work or let's try this again. So maybe I'll be doing another episode about this, but I think it's so important to be able to have tools to help you figure out things, help you figure out your anxiety, help you navigate life. Especially for me, like sometimes I feel bad about having anxiety. You know, I feel awkward. I'm like, oh man, like why can't I just relax? But telling myself these things like, hey, it's okay. This is the hand that you've been dealt and you have tools to figure it out. You will figure it out. So I hope this has been helpful in any sense. And if you do struggle with anxiety as well, again, totally normal. It's okay. The people around you, if they are bothered by it, that's unfortunate and they're not supposed to be in your life. And if they aren't, then love them, embrace them because they embrace you and they love you. And you're absolutely capable of finding things that are helping you through this. And you're absolutely capable of handling yourself and getting into situations that are uncomfortable and nailing them or getting into situations that are uncomfortable and sucking at them and moving forward anyways. So I am so proud of you for even listening to this and finding ways to expand yourself, to deal with the things that you experience, to find tools to help yourself. That is such an important step and that is so beautiful and I'm so proud of you. See, if there's one thing the anxiety girlies are going to do, it's overthink our way to a solution. How perfect. But I really appreciate you guys for being here and allowing me to share my thoughts and share things like this. It really is so fun for me to be able to share the things that I think about so much. It makes me so happy to be able to put this kind of content out there. So again, thank you for being here and for supporting me and for supporting yourself by finding tools. It really does mean the world to have this community. This has been BS with Bethany Simcoe. I will see you when I see you. 